You're talking about your going live now. <laughs> hey, what's Whoa. up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is WP Water Cooler, episode number one hundred forty-three. Today's topic is when, why, and how to build your own WordPress plugin. Your own mother. <laughs> so let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced, playing the role of Chris Lemma because his name starts with a B. Is Brandon Dove? Brandon. Hey, hey, all right, sweet. Uh, Brandon Dove. Company's Pixel Jar, lead developer of the AdSanity plugin for WordPress. Awesome. Drake, tell us about yourself. I'm Drake Berry. I'm the lead developer of Oso Studio. We're a WordPress development shop out of Austin, Texas, and we do a lot of custom plugin development work. And that accent is totally real. <laughs> it's real. Yes, it is. Unlike mine, which is totally not real, but I'm going to talk in it anyways because it's George, oh, Dean. You're, you're cool. You're probably wondering why I've called you all here today. I am a developer for Jetpack. I do all sorts of shiny things, and I'm currently working on a two-factor authentication feature plugin for Core. Nice. Awesome. Oh my God. That's Roy, it. tell us about yourself. My name is Roy. I'm a WordPress developer at Disney, and I also own Art Control, which has made its feature product uh, Code Cavalry. Very nice. Russ, what about you, my friend? I am lead organizer of WordCamp Vegas, and I've written several plugins that do really simple things like add content under the content. That's actually the new plugin name that I just came up with, content under the content. And you're awesome. Yo, dog, we heard you liked content. <laughs> don't content. steal my... Don't steal my... Don't steal my... Say, what about you? Oh, hey, hi. I'm Say, and I'm female. That's really all that matters. To Adding this some diversity right. to our panel. Yeah, I just, I just thought I'd point that out in case you were curious. Um, oh, also, I make WordPress, teach WordPress, love WordPress, breathe WordPress. Um... Uh, at Say Read Media, Smoke WordPress. Say, <laughs> where'd your accent go? California. Oh, that was fake. Oh, okay. This is like totally like my real like accent because I'm like super. Oh my Southern. god. I'm like a third generation in Southern California. Like, super <laughs> anyway, like, 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 like. Like at Say Read Media at like all the things. All right. Steve, what about you? I am Chris Lemma, and I'm the CTO over at a company called Crowd Favorite. Uh, hey, hey, I, remember when I did that joke like eight months ago? I'm Steve, yeah. It never gets old. I'm Steve Zengen. Wait, I'm there's the three people usurping the throne today now? I am Steve Zengen. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress meetup. And tonight is the developer meetup over at Pixel Jar. I'm sorry, at uh, what's the name of the crowd of, the, uh, of your Crash Lab? <laughs> Crash Lab, sorry. So uh, Brandon will Pixel be there. Lab. So go Pixel over jar. to Crash Pixel, Pixel Crash. Pixel and Crash. Pick up his background Pixel. in person. Crash <laughs> override. <laughs> Favorite your Crash Pixel. And I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me Jason Tucker on Twitter, and I blog over media.pro and jasontucker.us. He's the best one. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk um, about let's talk about done. plugins, Steve. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I want you to tell me the definition of Wikipedia. Come I'm on. not. I'm not. That was last week, dude. You're living in the past, man. That's the last fifty. <laughs> wait a sec. Wait a sec. I'll do it. According to Urban Dictionary, a <laughs> oh no! Stop! stop. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wait. Wrong one. My bad. Don't. Do not right. look up plug 
in on Urban Dictionary. According to a Yelp review... I don't know how to, don't know how to Google. According to GeoCities, uh, a plug-in According to the invisible baby. man that lives inside my brain... Look, does anyone actually care, or are we just going to tweedle all day? That's, isn't that what we always do? Oh, right. Never mind. Carry on, carry on. All right, Jason, what do you want from me? Tell, tell me what a plug-in is. A plugin is a piece of technology that extends WordPress. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> that would be a theme. Um, okay, go on. Wait, what? So, so I feel like we're on that show IQ. So I would say I would say that a plugin is additional code written by a third party, such as an individual or a company, that can extend or possibly decrease functionality of your overall website. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I like I a like plugin is a PHP file with a specific header. A plugin is like totally like an app for like your phone. That's how I explain it to all my clients. But um a plugin is something you plug into your wall to make your house not stink. A plugin is something you know when you see. It's like it's like uh, obscenities. So, no. Okay. Sure. Well, we have to stop and think. What do we consider to be plugins versus themes? Now, that's an entirely different issue that I think we've probably had in the previous episode. Show. The link will be down below. But essentially, a plugin is going to give you functionality that's going to carry your site forward, uh, whether it's different ways of organizing your data, different ways of presenting your information, different ways of integrating with third-party services. I'm going to uh, just focus, hyper-focus on carry your site forward and whatever the hell that forward. means. And I think actually Russ pointed out an interesting fact here is you can also carry your site backwards because yeah. you can remove functionality with a plugin. You can also Thank use a plugin to put your, uh, like VaultPress, put your site back into the past. So you're wrong. <laughs> it's the time mystery. I think I think we're all right. <laughs> I'm Wait, just so a plugin is both all things and no things. So Exactly. So okay, so uh, so if I wanted some extra functionality, I should just go in and, and add it into core. Yes. Yes. Or just keep complaining about Get it on out. the show that it should be in court. I'm going to turn it over to Brandon. He, he's shaking his head the hardest, so go ahead. <laughs> the hardest. Is that what you're calling it these days? Shh. Go ahead. Brandon yes. Tells. Yes, Steve's right. No. You knew it was a white boy episode. Really just, I think plugins are files in specific directories because functionality, I think you could, you could argue, could be in either place, uh, especially doing custom development. could be in a theme, unfortunately. But... Plugins are only PHP code that's in the plugins directory. That's, I think, the only real difference between a plugin and a theme. Let's be specific for our audience. You, you don't necessarily... I'm going to make a, a, a general statement here, but you don't necessarily want to put your functionality into a theme because if you change the theme, then you lose the functionality. Correct. Correct? Exactly. Correct. Now, Can everyone, go tell your clients why you're building them plugins. So that okay. you can so, so I was basically you build a plugin. No, but that's true. And the no. why in our question today is why would you build a plugin? It's so that if you need custom functionality, then you don't have to have it be tied to the theme. That means the theme can go on and change, but the plugin can exist and continue to do that function throughout many themes. And, it's like a slot function. And, and I threw yeah. now that I threw wait, hang on. Seven minutes I, talking about the concept of a plugin. So let's get on. to today's topic, which 
why would you build your own versus using something on? Let's I, carry I, the tried, I, was, I, I was trying earlier to segue. I threw out a sarcastic softball earlier, which should be my new nickname. Um, <laughs> right? I threw out a sarcastic softball, and I said, so I should go ahead and hack core, right? And then no, no reason. There's no reason to write it into core. And why? Where would I put my functionality if I don't want to put it into core? That's that's softball. Someone. So, so the 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 easiest way I explain to clients why plugins are usually better is because when you manage a giant project and something goes wrong, when you put small chunks of functionality in individual files it's easier to track down problems um, and if they're well written they can run parallel with each other but again when something goes wrong you know exactly in the contact form where to go in that plugin to find the problem instead of debugging one giant theme. Sure, they're easy okay. to deactivate individually, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if it breaks you just go find a new contact form plugin. Take that gravity forms. <laughs> Take that contact form seven. Yeah, you know. I'm going Take formidable. That What's that? I mean whoops uh what <laughs> Well some plugins you can actually deactivate parts of the plugin within the plugin. There is actually Thank you, Brandon. Basically the win, right? We figured out when you might want to build a plugin. Did you it? might want to build a yeah, you just said when you want to keep the the. Didn't someone just say that, or am I like? <laughs> well, I think there's more, there's more times when you want to build a plugin, uh, especially these days with Core. Um, we're doing a lot of feature plugins, right? Anytime you're trying to prototype something out, it's really quick to build that as a plugin, uh, versus doing a whole theme or it's it's easy to change it, change functionality across themes to make sure it's compatible with lots of different things. So you can build these things into plugins that can live just basically by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. So, Mike. If you're walking into a project, there's always the temptation if they say, I need a real estate directory. Uh, just as an example that Russell can probably speak on. Uh, to think, okay, I'm just, this is everything that needs to be done, so I'm just going to build it all. But you can normally find some existing plugins that will get you maybe halfway, three-quarters of the way there and only have to write a little bit of custom code to get that last mile of the very last bit of the way. Um, the customization is knowing the difference of when to use something commercial and when to write something yourself. So you don't need to duplicate the effort of writing your own contact forms plugin just because they wanted something that gravity forms might not support out of the box. Well, so let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. So you you can write your own plugin to extend gravity forms to extend another plugin, right? Gravity forms I, has its own set of if it's written correctly. I've done that. I I've I'm I, raise your hand if you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what have we done? If you have gravity extended forms. gravity forms. So, or, or just in general, extended yeah. another plugin, right? So yeah. when I'm evaluating something for my clients, we'll look to see what technology's out there, and typically we'll find something that might get us 80%, 90% of the way there. And if that's the case, right. we can write the other 10 or 20% by either extending that plugin or... Installing Jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I used to be, I used to be totally pro, like, when we first started this show, it was a big joke that I was like, code your own stuff all the time, and in the three years that we've been doing the show, I've totally switched gears, and now I'm, I do encourage, because of the type of client I work with, I'm not doing as much custom stuff, so I do encourage clients to not do custom features like that and to as much as possible use um, out-of-the-box plugins because then they don't have to do the maintenance, they don't have to have a web developer who's keeping that up to code and so I think that's something that's really important to acknowledge because especially as core changes and is on its you know quick rotation update thingamabobber, it's, uh, you, if you get really entrenched and if a big part of your business is based on a certain plugin's functionality and that plugin is not staying current and up to date, whether it's custom or not, then you have a problem. So um, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I think. You just argued exactly the two opposite points. You said not to use a plugin that is supported by people, but then you should. <laughs> No, I'm saying the reason you might want to build a custom plugin is because the code might not be supported, or it also might be if you well, if you're a web developer, you should write your own plugin. Basically, if you're not, then you want to use as much stuff out of the box so you don't have to keep paying your web developer all the time. I, Sorry, guys. I don't, I don't wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't agree at all. Yeah, if I'm a web developer, I'm gonna look for stuff that's already out there that I can leverage, right? If there's something oh, yeah. well supported, oh, the number, like at all the in number the one rule to be a good web developer is to be lazy. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> recycle. That's called being a consultant. Do you there's notice how we're all sitting in chairs? <laughs> <laughs> if it's worth doing twice, it's worth writing a function for so you never have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Just reusing existing code is one of the things that separates a senior developer from a junior developer. I agree. Yeah. So, All right, so when then, when do you actually build a plugin? When someone when, pays me to. When, no. some, um, when something doesn't exist that I, when something that's not good enough out there uh, that it already exists that I can, I, well, I can't even speak today. What if it's over? <laughs> I know, what if I know, only options are completely overkill? Yeah. Say that again, Roy? What if the only options that are out there are completely overkill for what you need? What if you do need a simple contact form and Gravity Forms has all of this other crap that you don't that, really need? That's actually a great yeah. reason. If, if yeah. something's too bloated, you know, and you can write something that's in a few lines to do what you need to do, absolutely go for it. I think the other problem with taking also plugins that are off the shelf, you know, or commercial plugin, whatever, the problem is you, you lose control sometimes. So let's say there's a plugin today that has built, been built one way, and tomorrow they decide, oh, we're going to completely change the way this works, but your business is dependent on that. You have lock-in to that functionality. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's in those cases, it's better to build something for your own business that suits the needs of your business without having to be, you know, at the whim of someone else. I think it can be dangerous to build your entire business model off of something. I had a lot of clients who are very, very entrenched in WooCommerce, and when WooCommerce did its big switch was that last year to 2.0, it, it messed up a lot of people's sites, and their businesses were really affected, and that's yeah. just not, you know. Same, happen, same thing happened with ACF. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And they decide, you know, they're just going to retool everything because that's what they're doing, and your whole... You know, it's not something that can necessarily be managed by just a regular update. Or if a client goes in and does do an update on their own, and then it's this new, you know, a 2.0 or a big shift in the change, then everything just but, is a problem. But the so flip side, Brandon, the flip side to what you said is you have to evaluate on uh, mm -hmm. both sides of that, right? Yep. It, it is is the upkeep on your own plugin 
going to be worth the time and money. Absolutely. And, and, and if it's for a client, well, are they going to pay for that? That's what I was trying to say earlier, by the way. As an extension to that, you're never forced to actually take an update to a plugin. You can always keep your old version of the plugin, not update it, and just fork it so you're uh, then handling the maintenance and updates yourself. True. So you don't need to take the entire new API change and just using the off-the-shelf old version and manually backfilling uh, updates and security fixes and whatnot yourself is probably far more cost-efficient and less time-intensive than building it yourself from scratch. But that's not that's not sustainable in the long. That's more like a stopgap while you fix the site to be. It's probably more sustainable than building an e-commerce system yourself from scratch. Sure, that's actually the system that we're doing right now. Uh, We've got a client that runs a that runs a ticketing platform uh, that was originally built on Cart sixty six three four years ago. Now uh, they run into the problem that they can't continue to update their their plugin. And because of the way that their ticketing works, uh, they built their entire business platform around the fact that ticketing would always work that way. And so we're consulting with them right now to figure out, do we fork the plug-in? Do we write a custom plug-in? Uh, do we completely move them to a new system, or what are we going to do? And so that's, uh, that's a very real concern that, you know, like you were saying, Steve, as far as evaluating what their needs are. Mm-hmm. So let's. Can we talk about how? Can we talk about the how? Sure. Wait. We covered the when, right? What? The when. The what? We covered well, the why. I wanted to add that another good reason is a lot of people do this is they install like seventeen plugins to get one functional like flow going. I think in that scenario, another good way to another good reason to just build one plugin that does something versus that's piecing that's... together seventeen different plugins to do one thing. And Roy, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I have a lot of clients that, or sites that will take over that have you know 40 plugins installed, and and they're and they're doing There's exactly what you that. just described, right? They're pulling little pieces from from these these plugins, and the, the whole site's bloated. Where it, it's easier just to write the one little piece of functionality that they need and get rid of 17 plugins, like you said. I think that's a perfect win. Yeah. Well. Not only that, but um, I just revamped my whole entire personal blog, Vegas. That trademark is to be used by Ricky Bobby Inc. Um, <laughs> so I, I just revamped my whole entire website, and um, I, I used a lot of custom post types, and my post types weren't being looped into the main loop. They weren't being added in, and so I wrote it, it's one plugin, it's one line of code that says if this post type exists, add it there. That's a really good example of using a plugin to do that work instead of having it into the theme. You know? I think you should have written that in the core. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was going to go into pluggable.php, and then you know, like we had a really like tough debate about it. And George said, "We already have that in Jetpack. Don't worry." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Go ahead, say. Well, I I was just thinking about the site icon in Jetpack what, and what why it's five twelve. We answered the the what? Oh, we were gonna go to the how. The how. Uh-huh. Let's talk about how. So you you've done all your evaluation and you figured it out and you're like, all right. Besides hiring any of these schmooties, um, you can. Uh, <laughs> Not the and, worst thing I've been called today. Yeah, um, I censored that. Um, Sarcastic softball. Sarcastic softball. Uh, so besides, if you, are we? T- I mean, obviously, hiring a web dev is one step. Obviously, you can do that. But other than hiring someone to build it for you, 
if you are a beginner dev or a starting dev? Well, if you're definitely a beginner, you should you should install this plugin called Code uh, Pluginception. Lets you create plugins right from your dashboard, built by Auto. Kind of amazing, but kind of dangerous. Ah, uh, Auto. Pluginception, huh? Plug-in. So what does it do? Yeah. Basically, it, it's super it dangerous. Create blank PHP files that you can then edit from the plugin editor so you can white screen your site. Yes. What could, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> that Wait, how awesome. does that happen? Are you coding in Plug- the admin? Plug- like yes. Pluginception is described as a plugin that lets you quickly and easily create new plugins. Boom. It's, it's FAQ says, is this safe? Nope. No, this one is. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The great Google comment. Uh, so this is what you tell your clients to use. Yeah, I'm like, here, use this one. Let me just install this for you. <laughs> Have fun. Bye bye. Wait until they brick their site and come to you for help. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a business model. Again, consulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when when I first started getting into writing plugins, the the first thing I did was I went to my local meetup and uh, I actually got to meet somebody like John Hawkins who could explain things to me in person, and that was the easiest way I started learning plugins. Talk but, to John Hawkins. I'm yeah. really sure he's going to be super stoked that you said that. Hey hey man, if his inbox can get any bigger, it will. You know. Whoa um, so. whoa dude, that's a little He's married. So but but. but the next thing I did was I went to the Codex and learned how writing plugins and following the Codex and following their kind of tutorials is the easiest way to get into writing plugins. Mm-hmm. And these days we've got uh, plugin developer handbooks. So if you're if you go over to make.wordpress.org, uh, in there there's there's a whole plugin developer handbook that will it, give you. I'm pretty sure Lisa Sabin Wilson is writing a book on plugin development. Well, there's a book by Brad Williams called WordPress Plugin Development. I have it sitting on my shelf. It's actually a really good book. He's like, I'm sitting on it now. I would not say that's a good starting place, though, because you, you really need to kind of be able to read through what all well, that is. Okay, let's talk about the real starting place. You need to understand PHP. Or you should just shove it. You, you, you really have to have some base coding skills of some sort. Um, not only okay. that, but not only that, but there's a lot of examples and tutorials online. And while they work and they're great suggestions, the first thing about plugins is you should know to always rename everything and make it specific to yourself. That way you don't cause problems down the road. And like super specific, not like WP or like event or yeah. like something like that. Don't do that. I always use your name, say. I always call my plugin say underscore WordCamp talks. I gotta tell you, <laughs> SD turns out not that unique when you're talking about coding. Um, but I've actually had some. Um, some I name I, I prefix all mine with say's face. That's much better. Super unique. Um, prefix I, it with emoji. <laughs> I'm gonna start prefixing it with sarcastic softball. <laughs> I had a third-party plugin that conflicted with Jetpack, and Jetpack had the same function happening as this third-party plugin, and I was pissed off about it. So why do you? So why do you do that? So let's, let's talk about. Let's talk specifically about what we're describing here, so our audience yeah. understands. What we're talking about is is two functions that are named the same, right? And that's a PHP no-no. So that's going to cause a. That's going to cause an error. It's going to cause a PHP error, or white screen, whatever you want to call it. So if you've got a plugin that you activate that has a function named the same that's in another plugin that's already activated, 
you're dead meat. Oh, wait, oh, then. <laughs> or if you try to activate it through the WordPress admin, it actually won't activate. It'll just Correct. say, this kicked a fatal error. We're not actually going to really activate the plugin for it. Correct. So Which then, is tremendously so useful. I, so you want to go ahead and throw that conflicting function name in your theme. No, I'm just I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to me. Actually, that's the first rule here of coding a plugin is do not take advice from me. <laughs> Great rule. Just make your function called WP, and then it'll conflict with core, and you're all done. Yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> so now that you have the plugin, you say you've, you've written it, everything works and stuff, how do you get it to the masses? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah dude, why not? A second. Or Did you really just minutes. go from, you need to know how to write PHP to, <laughs> you wrote your plugin. Yeah. We have five now that you've written your plugin is fully internationalized, accessibility friendly, and has unit tests, here's how you ship it. You guys are like those, you guys are like those That's like, like uh, collect right? underwear, blank, profit. <laughs> Come on. Brian Regan always makes fun of the author cheat where he says one thing led to another. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You guys are the worst. Come on, give a little okay, bit more of that. And now I'm making all kinds of money with my plugin. What happens next? So then you, you go hang out with Chris Lemma. <laughs> Obviously. So Jason, well, what so are you asking? Once you've, once you've got your plugin to the point where you think it's working, what you need to do is you need to turn on your WP debug constant and see all the things you've screwed up and actually go fix them before considering releasing it publicly. That's okay, good. One thing leads to another. I think a better idea would be, uh, well, do that, yes, but also maybe get a couple people to do some beta testing for you, have some people test it out before you go, you know, put it in the repository when you no, haven't you, tested anything. You should always debug where it. where you were going with that. You, no, you should always debug it before you say, hey, please test my plugin, because what if it breaks other people's No, stuff? that's what I said. So you debug it, and then you maybe get some people to use it, get some user testing going on. And, of course, we did overstep the entire thing of how you figure out what you actually want it to do and all that stuff. But. So I should go ahead and do all that on my live server, my production site. You, you, you don't, not only that, you should do it live on this show with the screencast. <laughs> okay, so get yourself a copy of desktop server so that you have a sandbox to work in. Okay, we're going to skip over all that stuff and Jason's question. Oh. <laughs> Stay, we have four minutes. What do you want to talk about here? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I was trying to help you out. One thing led to another, and now you're ready to push your plugin into the repository. We, we didn't say anything. We were talking about custom <laughs> plugins. Who, now you're releasing people's like brand new plugins onto the masses? Sure, why not? This, this is why you don't <laughs> just go install any what, plugin that's in a repository. Because go wrong. guys right here. That is why you don't do that. Okay, anyway. Rant over. And that's why I downloaded 0. 0.0001 beta <laughs> plugins and installed it and put it in production and thought, yeah, dude, this will work, no problem. And that's oh, why and that's why Mika has a very large backlog of plugins waiting for approval. Oh Thank my God! God for her. That, Thank that, God. that list is insane, by the way. I got to see that <laughs> in Orange County, and I was just like, why would you write a plugin that does that? And she goes, people do it all the time. <laughs> Like, Russ, for instance, you're not going to take the plugin that you just wrote that's one line of code, probably doesn't even have a, a decent header on it, and just upload Sorry, it to... Sorry, <laughs> <it's> not <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, I, definitely, I definitely wouldn't do that at all. But um, I wrote a... I speak at WordCamps, and I wrote a plugin that installs a post type called WordCamp Talks, and then you put all your links and some meta information, and it adds that to the bottom of the content of each post. And so... Um, 
I, I would push that up, of course, but your your one-liners, yeah, I would just put up on GitHub and say, here's how I did it, and at least people had the code. So yeah. most of my plugins are, actually, none of my plugins are in the codex. Mine are all written for my clients. So I think we're talking about two different... You mean the repository, not the... I'm sorry. Yeah, the repository. I, mean, I think talking about the repository and having plugins for uh, public consumption is actually an entirely different topic than the topic of just when you should write your own custom plugins. I think that's site. next week's show. It, it could be next week's show because there's a lot of stuff that goes into a public-facing plugin that is not necessarily the same thing as a custom plugin you're building for a client site or to streamline something or to bridge a plugin gap. Those things, you should not be thinking about public consumption for that. Just stop. All of you, just stop. Why are you laughing? What did I say? I can't say on air why I'm laughing. It's not you. I had to take it. You heard it here first, folks. We actually came up with the topic this this episode so we could talk about next week. Part That's two. never happened before. It only Part took a We planned more than 48 hours in advance. Holy moly. <laughs> For 48 hours. That's that's a that's a long window. We get now, now. What we have to do is get a is get uh, get all these folks here on the show to say yes. I'll be on next week, and then we can continue the discussion. But I yeah, really... more white boys. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know well, I'm I, in my element. I really yeah. love Jason Tucker's emails at 2 a.m. that say, "Hey, what do you guys want to talk about?" <laughs> You're not supposed to tell tell anybody about yeah, that. Yeah, hey, well, it's a well-oiled machine, right? Anyway, the conclusion that we're going to draw here is that um, you, you need to do some research and play around on a, on a dev server. Don't unleash your plugins into the wild and um, uh, be good. Yep, that's about it. So okay. make sure you go to our website, wpwatercooler.com. Click so on the there help. to subscribe and such. Also, if you like this episode, hit the little thumbs up button. We'd love to uh, see that happen. Or if Thank you, you just like me. That's all of you cool for too. being on the show today, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thumbs up for Sam!